The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the, the after, after show, show, the after show. It's the after show, everybody. The show immediately following the regular show. Uh, Jonathan's high right now for marijuana, so uh, he's not going to be a lot of help here. You do the marijuana. I've done it. Yeah. I had the and one. Did you smoke a cigar immediately following? Uh, yes, but for, yes. A different, yeah, for a different reason. So I used to do. I'd get the little 10 milligram ones when there'd be dance events around and I'd go out and go dancing and the music's more lively and you just feel it. And I messed up and I got a chocolate cause they were out of the gummy bears and the chocolate was 30 milligrams and I Whoa. wasn't paying attention and I ate it. And about an hour later, I kind of came to on the dance floor. The song couldn't end fast enough. I had no idea why I'm dancing with this, this lady Oh, I want the song to be over. <laughs> that was a problem. <laughs> yeah, yes. I ended up sitting in the corner just rocking myself into sanity until it wore off. It was terrible. Huh. Anyway, that's not what we're talking <laughs> about today. Today we're talking about choosing a number one cigar of the year that is not available. Why? So this is the time of year that everybody's coming out with their cigars of the year. Mm -hmm. And listen, they could be talking about McAuliffe and that we got it wrong. And that's okay. It's everybody what they want to do. But I want to know why choosing the number one best cigar of the year of an item that is not available to the public, um, why would they do such a thing? And so many did it this year uh, that it's a limited release that has come and gone or a cigar that existed they took it away because it didn't sell they put it out as a limited release and then they pick that a cigar that is, is a cuban cigar that you can't get in the united right. states for a u.s publication uh not naming names here you, you can figure out who they are you are listening right now and you know y'all one I'm, I'm not saying anything you pick whoever you want to pick that's it i want to know why that is the question um so we don't need to name names but if it, if you are putting a publication out or you are putting a podcast out or you're, you have a website or whatever you end up right. doing and you do this, why would you do, would do such a thing? And what could possibly be the reasons for it? Because it happens over and over again. Yeah. So um, you know we have criteria when we do it and we tell you what the criteria is. Uh, and maybe some of you, you guys do too and you'll be able to – Get it in there. I think a lot of them have criteria. Yeah. And part of it is, okay, I smoked it and reviewed it, so therefore mm -hmm. it's there. Um, no, no, you normally make... you, you, you have reviewed it. Now you have to review it again because you have to put them in order. Mm -hmm. And if you try to go get that cigar again, you, you can't. <laughs> 
oh, I, I can because I bought two that day, or I bought a box seven months ago, and I still have some left. But the person you're talking to, that you're putting this out, because you're not just doing it for yourself, right? You're doing it for your audience, right? cannot go get it. No. So one of the things is, you can't be wrong, because first off, it's your opinion anyway, but somebody can never confront you and say, I tried it after I read your review, and it was horrible, because they can't get it. So are they doing it so they can't be wrong? I don't think so. Nobody can, can judge them at that point because huh. I read some of them and I said, I should go try that. And then I realized, oh, you can't get that cigar anymore. It's long mm. gone. So that's it. It, it. You know, you see the reviews, not to pick on Cigar Aficionado, but they have a section sometimes where they say, oh, this cigar from 1998. Yeah, vintage, the vintage yeah, reviews. And they do that. Very interesting to do, but you can't go back to 1998 and get a box of those cigars. No. It's impossible to get, so they review it and they give it a 99. I would love to try that cigar <laughs> that you reviewed a 99. That's a big number, yeah. but it's impossible to do. Therefore, your tasting notes and your review number is spot on because no, I can't. Yeah. But, no one can question. Right. And so maybe as an aside that still could have a positive impact on the cigar industry in that maybe somebody buys a box of those now and puts them aside for 10 years so that they can experience that cigar 24 in 10 years. years. <laughs> All right, so 24 years, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I don't and, have the time. And you, So 24 <laughs> years from now, you can say, nope, I don't think it was a 99. That thing was an 80 at best. No, you, you have to go back. No, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not suggesting that if I read a review, I, I'm saying that okay, you could still make an argument for that's okay. They did put the time in on the cigar, and maybe that encourages somebody to buy boxes and put them aside. Or, There's uh, that I don't. I don't have as much of an issue with doing a vintage review where you say this is from a vintage uh, from uh, 24 it, years ago because it's it is interesting. It's interesting. It. What is the reason to put a review out? I would say the reason to put a review out is to tell others what you think of it so that, especially if it's a positive review, for them to mm -hmm. go out there and buy it. I know that not everybody is selling cigars like we are. We sell cigars for a living. But a reviewer would do it. You review a restaurant and you say, wow, the chicken parmesan is fantastic. And then a bunch of people go be based on your review mm -hmm. to say, when I go there, I'm going to get the chicken palm because this guy that has a taste profile like me loved the chicken palm. But you and wouldn't you go do there the weekly special. And they, don't, they don't do chicken. Right. You don't do the, you weekly, don't do the special, weekly special. Or that they put out chicken palm one time on New Year's Eve or something, and they don't mm -hmm. normally have chicken palm or whatever that item is. It's also known as fried chicken. No, it's not. Right. Jonathan, do you think it's a, an Eddie Murphy kind of thing where you get to say, I have some ice cream, you don't have some ice cream. Right, right, that's it. That could be another thing that, yes, you, you're showing off to people that I got to try this cigar and you didn't. Yeah. You missed it. You, you missed it. You missed it. You could have, but you didn't. Sometimes there's a cigar reviewed of the and a, and a good high review of a product that didn't even come out yet, right. which is crazy. So you do that. Now you're saying, okay, I tried this and you never did because it's not even out yet. So I got it before you. That one I have less of a problem with as well because the cigar is going to come out. And if it was highly reviewed, then you are going to generate sales. So I'm, I'm, that one I'm okay with. Uh, expert opinion. Uh, prove that you are special. 
and evaluate a product um, that experts in the field, um, it's a pre-release and other experts in the field have not been able to get it. So almost showing off to the other reviewers mm. or being the first to review something. Okay, I'm the first one that ever reviewed it. So it's out there and it'll be there forever and ever. And I reviewed it first before everybody. I was the first one to do the Padron 50th, the original run with the uh, red letters. Okay, because it was very expensive. Very expensive. And, yeah. Um, industry recognition. Other people in the industry, in the manufacturing, everybody say, this guy reviewed such and such before everybody else. He's a go-to guy. Hmm. When I get my stuff, I'm going to send him samples of it. I want him to review it. He's going to do it right away. You know, the, some other people, they have so many cigars to review. It's a lot of work reviewing a it cigar is. and bringing something in. You're not going to get to it for a long period of time. Um, so certain reviewers would jump on it right away. To take a cigar from the trade show, we could review every single cigar before anybody else because I buy a lot of cigars, so typically the manufacturer – Dave, his, you know, even before the thing is launched, he'd go, here it is. We're reviewing a sample of the cigar without a band on it. Right. You know, here's what it is. And now let me put the review out is like, to me, is I, I never and, did it because I said and, that wouldn't be right. And I, I think it's only fair to get your review cigars at retail, right? In the case you just mentioned, it may not even be the same thing when it comes Absolutely out. Absolutely is not. No. Of course, it's the best of the best. <laughs> right. You had one certain roller do it and make these, you mm -hmm. know, bundle of 20 or something you made so your team can decide on the blend or whatever it is. And I'm lucky enough to yeah. end up getting one of these and say, wow, I like it. It was pretty right. spot on. By the way, it was not aged after being made for a long period of time. Sometimes I put them aside. I take them out mm -hmm. of the humidor. I let it rest and then try to get past an ammonia taste or anything right. because I know and it's not going to be there later on. Although there are some cases, depending on their release cycle, where they happen to sit for longer than they normally will when they go out to retail. So yeah. we, we were lucky enough and honored enough that um, the Volstead, we did it on the show. Mm -hmm. The cigar wasn't even out. But we smoked a cigar. We said we liked it. We talked about it and everything. And this is Roma Craft, who's a uh, sponsor of the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing it. You put the cigar out after, and then it was a different cigar. You did change <laughs> Well, different the wrapper, but they told us in advance. Yes, this yes is, they did. These are pre-release samples, and they're available to you. So, so why didn't we put a review out, of, and we would have been the first mm -hmm. one, because the cigar was going to be a different cigar. Than it was. Maybe it's going to be better. Maybe it's going to be worse. It's certainly going to be different. Um, I just look at it and I go, maybe you have one time a year that all eyes are on you because you're putting this out. And that's what you do. That becomes the number one. You know, maybe throw it in there or something. But to put the number one of an unavailable cigar... It's not helping your brand out either, and, I don't think. Listen, some people just want to be different, right? Okay. I'm going to pick something nobody else is going to pick. That's another thing. I w so we came out maybe first, that we were the first ones to put a cigar of the year out this year? I think so. We may have been. Uh, we certainly kind of let everybody know three months in advance of his the contenders in November. Right. So it's going to be one of these 10. Well, and, and then do, do you think it hurts 
other people doing it and say, well, Sky Authority is picking one of these 10. I'm going to certainly not pick one of those 10. Or if we come out first, I'm not coming out with what they came out. And it's such, such right. a disservice to the brand. Imagine some McAuliffe lost in some cases because we picked it. I hope not. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Because I'm, I'm trying to help them. Right. So I don't know if that happens. No. No, and really, I I think some of them are ready to go with their list in time, but if you take a long time to release them, right? Okay, here's number 27. And yeah, here, yeah. You and know, some of them go on for a while. We only have one to talk about, so yeah. it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, we, we do a contenders in advance, and then say it's going to be one of these, and here's the winner. That's what we do. They could do whatever they want. Yep. I, my, 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 I'm not saying don't do what you do. I want to know why. Isn't it a disservice to? I, I, I wonder why. I'm not even asking the question. Yeah. I just wonder why when I see it. I go, why? I wonder why they did that. And you know, it goes for all all of the different ones. Of I wonder why. And they're right. explaining to them why they think this was the best cigar, but they're not answering the question of why would you pick something like that. Maybe it has to do with search engine optimization, where maybe somebody would be looking for that cigar. I wonder. I and w- that gives you a little boost on your website if that's your cigar of the year. But I think it does a disservice to all cigars if you're highlighting cigars that are not available, because now the consumer you're, the consumer is going to you to get your review to find out what the next cigar is that they're going to smoke. If they can't get it, they're going to stop going to you. So you're doing yourself a disservice and you're doing the end user a disservice by putting out something that is just unattainable. So we go over each year that ever was the cigar of the year, and I can go back to 1992, right? And I say, okay, uh, Fonseca, and then Romeo and Juliet, and different things as you hear it on. And then we get to some things that, well, it, it, this one doesn't make sense, and I explain it was a different time, and this is where it was at that time because you hear of a brand and you go, why would you ever pick that or whatever? But I, I dare tell every single one, and no one has a list as long as we do because I've been doing it first, but I tell everyone. Now, if, if you're a reviewer and this is what you're doing, go back to when you first did it and then start going through it, cigar aficionado, anybody, and say, okay, in this year it was – you know, Padron, then it was Opus, and then it was Padron, then it was this one, then it was Padron and Opus, and then it was, you know, my mm. father, and then it was, you Cuba. Know, yeah, Cuba, Cuba. And don't you see what I see? Well, everybody, me, everybody that puts a list out, you start doing it and say, wow, it never had legs after that. You did not have any effect on that brand positively at all because – it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist any longer because it only came out one time and never came out again. You know why it never came out again? Because it didn't work. Because even companies that put out a limited release, it. let's take um, um, West Tampa Red. Mm-hmm. Attic Series comes out. Attic Series does really well. And then all of a sudden there is a uh, West Tampa Red, which was Attic Series. And he comes right out and tells the truth and says, that's what it was, because it was so popular. Well, why doesn't that happen to their brand that they picked? It disappeared and it didn't come back because you didn't have enough play to it to make it 
say, okay, it's, it's going to come back. You couldn't have enough play to it because I couldn't get it. You, you, you make it so it, it's impossible for you to end up helping the industry if that's what you want to do. That's what I'm trying to do anyway. But what I'm also trying to do is play some beautiful music uh, with Avo. From moments worth remembering to stories worth telling and notes worth savoring, Avo Cigars. Lyrics of top charted songs. Can you guess the name of the song and the artist from the wrong lyrics or even the right ones? Avo Cigars. All I have is the right lyrics for this one, but you're not going to get it. You should get it, but you're not going to get it. All right. And in my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. Yeah, I have no fucking idea. And in my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. Say, say it one more, one more time. Might help. <laughs> and in my dreams, I've kissed your lips a thousand times. Nope, nope didn't help. Hmm. Come on, don't be shy if you guys know it. Nobody out there has it? Roy Orbison, in dreams. Hmm. Lionel Richie. I was pretty close. Roy Orbison, Lionel Richie. I mean, they both had yeah, angelic voices. Well, anyway, you didn't get it. You could have said, name a Lionel Richie song, and I couldn't have done it. <laughs> really? No. Didn't right. he have one with a crazy video with mannequin pieces or something? Was that Lionel Richie? I don't know. Yeah. I don't The videos back in the... Back the MTVs. In the MTV, when MTV played music videos. <laughs> right. Wasn't yeah. he in the Commodores? He was. So Brickhouse could be a Lionel Richie song. All right. You know that. I know that. Because they had a song. They had a thing. Um, so back to uh, choosing number one cigars that All Night available. Long. That's another one. All Night Long. I've All heard night. of it. Yeah. Starts like a little Jamaican Calypso mm-hmm. kind of theme to the beginning of it. Niche audiences. Maybe they want to... Go to that niche audience. Cater to their audience. Yeah, cater to that audience. I just wonder why, because it happens over and over again. And to me, I scratch my head and say, why'd you do this again? Like if they were in the next seat next to me. Don't you think it pisses off their advertisers? You're you're advertising to be able to get the word out about your brand. maybe it says, listen, I don't do special things for my advertiser. If you're an advertiser, great, but now I'm showing that um, advertising has nothing to do with it. The only you know, way... The that, opposite. The only way that somebody would detect that somebody is taking care of their advertisers is if their advertisers and their advertisers only made it into the top 10. There's only a, a few examples of that happening. Most people, I think, play it pretty straight, but the I think that, it again, it's a disservice to their advertisers if you're highlighting brands that are unavailable, it's not like someone's going to go, oh, brand X that came out with a thousand boxes is unavailable. Let me go try brand Y from that same company and see if it's similar. No one does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's perplexing. Back when, back <laughs> it's when, perplexing to me. The uh, Cigar Aficionado's number one meant something. And I mean, 10 years ago, they'd be. 30 people that would come in asking for the specific one that was number one. Uh, this year, it totaled one. So they, they put things out of pizza, best pizza in New England or something, and it becomes a place in Connecticut. I go to Connecticut to try the best pizza. 
I've done it with all kinds of different things. And I would do the same with cigars. If it was a cigar, somebody said is the best, we don't even carry it. I gotta would revisit. say, I got to revisit that cigar. That, that, that's the magic of this particular thing. Maybe you never tried McAuliffe Black before. Cigar Authority said it's in the, in the uh, con- contenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you still didn't try it. And now it becomes number one. Aren't you interested to try it? How do you it? not you try it? Yeah. You, you should be. I would be. Um, well, but what if we ended up saying it was the one that they discontinued last year? I'd still be interested, but, but I couldn't but get you it. Couldn't, <laughs> and it would serve no purpose to anybody. So serve a purpose and have a purpose. But maybe the purpose is these things. Okay, it's the niche audience of oh, I got to pay attention to you more during the year, and hmm. w- when I I should have got that cigar when I could because you said it was good. I don't know. There was a time that Cigar of the Year was a cigar that had been discontinued by the manufacturer, and the manufacturer had to bring it back. Yes. <laughs> How do you make that error? There was, um, I can't think of the brand name, um, Maurice Cokes had a cigar. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it, it made be- Best Buy. Best Buy. And Via Huelo. Yes, very good. Via Huelo, and uh, I go down to him because... It, this is the time of year I usually do the travel, and I went down to Dominican Republic, and I go in, and I go, Maurice, congratulations on Viajuelo. And he goes, I discontinued that cigar two years ago. Uh, I guess I should start it up again. What do you think? And I said, what's it like? And he said, here, I actually made some samples of it because it happened three days ago. Uh, you want to try it? And I said, yeah, and he said, and you know, it's five dollars or whatever. And I said, All right, let's take the brand on, let's bring it on <laughs> or whatever. And we took the brand on and we had it for years. Yeah. Um so I guess if they would see that their brands that they picked ended up they I love it so much, I wish it would come back. I'm gonna make it the cigar of the year, and the next thing you know, it's in the regular rotation that the it, it brings it back. Besides that one. That, which is Cigar Aficionado, best buy of the year. Mm. Um, he was smart enough to say, okay, let, let's do it. And he got a good run for it. I, I don't know mm. if that's still available anymore. That was a long time ago. Uh, but anyway, it's interesting to me. It's one of those things that make you say, hmm. Who, mm. who used to say that? CNC Music Factory. Things that make you go, hmm. No, it was Arsenio uh, uh, Hall. That was Arsenio Hall, right, that did that. Things that make you say, hmm. And then CNC Music Factory wrote a song about it. I believe you. Oh, my God. Do you do? I believe you. All right. Who was the lead singer of the CNC Music Factory? I have no idea. The girl voice in the back. Oh, she was from the Weather Girls. Yes, she was. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she was. Very good. Very good. All right, that's it. That's it for the Cigar Authority today. Next week, explosive show. The Firecrackers Ooh. of 2024. Paul Schaefer wrote all the Weather Girls songs. Yes, he did. Hmm. Look at that. How you know a lot about a lot about uh, the Weather Girls? <laughs> <laughs> it's raining men. Is Are the we song. surprised? Look it, <laughs> Look it up. Okay, that's it. We'll see you next week on the Cigar Authority. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.